Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Evening and welcome to One Life Left. We are a video game radio show, and my name is Steve Curran. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. And there is no zero Simon Byrons tonight. We're all out of Byron. I wandered all the way here with my Pokemon catching device open, looking for a Byron to throw a throw. Do you think I'd have to throw a Raspberry at him first to get 100%. him in? Hundred percent, and a great ball. ball. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, I caught a Porygon. That's yeah. what I was looking for before yeah. the show. That's well why, done, you. Why the rather abrupt ending to Louis Schaefer's show caught us by surprise, because I was thumbing through my Pokedex looking for a Porygon, uh, which I've got 777 CP. 777. How are you, Anne? Good. Have you had a good week? Yeah, I'm going to tell you about uh, my highest CP a bit later. Okay. But let's save that chat. That is a, what do they call that? Call forward? Uh, Trait. Trailer, Trailer? Teaser? teaser, teaser for yeah. later in Just the show. Just a teaser. Have you had a good week? I have had a good week. It was bonfire night on Friday and I went to the fireworks at Alexandra Palace and they were really long they just didn't stop you know I saw because I was up on Hampstead yeah. Heath as is uh, no wait yes Hampstead Heath as is traditional yeah. um, and I was watching London explode uh, it was very pretty uh, but I did notice some of the firework displays did go on a bit Yeah, uh, Battersea I could see from where we were off in the distance yeah. and it was cold I mean, I assume Battersea was cold as well. And that went on for ages. Um, and uh, Blackheath as yes. well. Blackheath yeah. went on for ages. Alexandra Palace, how long? My goodness. Like, so long that I started checking for Pokemon. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really. You know when you're like, you know sometimes with firework displays, you're, you know, it's all over a bit too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I, it just, it was relentless. All right, enough now. Yeah, I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Shut, shut it down. Anyway, it's not just us in the studio. Thank goodness. Firework and Pokemon chat. Uh, it's going to be Pokemon-centric. Who have we got with us, Anne? Uh, we've got Tom Cole with us. Greetings. 
And this is not your first time in the studio. It is not. It's my second. Uh, and it's also, you've still yet to be in with uh, all of us. Indeed. Last time we apparently had Keith on talking about his book. <laughs> we, we, we're, miss, we're missing a Stee and Keith was Stee for a week. Yeah. Really? Lucky him. Yeah. Lucky yeah. him. Uh, as we said, to, did you listen to last week's show? Uh, I haven't quite got around to this. As, uh, I've listened to half of it. Have you, Anne? Uh, it was number 300 last week, right? You you were there and you I was there, right. Signed out. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, Jack Attridge on the show, ma- magnificent guest. Magnificent. And as we explained to him, uh, you know, the second time you're on the show, quite high risk. Yes. Because it shows yeah. that you've been, you've been <laughs> good enough to, to be bit, invited yeah. back. <laughs> but whether you make the big three, uh, the Bithel number, yeah. you know, when everything starts to be golden. Really kick off. But I understand that if I do get invited back for the third time, then I am clearly set up for big things. Well, that's yeah. true. There, there is a saying, though. They say you play one life left twice in your career. Once on the way up. <laughs> oh, ah, oh right. it's good to be back. Thank goodness it's Monday. <laughs> Thank goodness it's Monday. We're ready to kick this off, man. Let's do it. on Monday the 7th of November. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. The New York Times has released its first op-ed video game and it's all about voting in America. The game, titled The Voter Suppression Trail, gives you three characters to play as, a white programmer from California, a Latina nurse from Texas and a black salesman from Wisconsin. Voting is easier for one of these than the others, with long queues, family and work demands and polling station intimidators being just a few of the things stopping their vote being counted. Voting takes place on Tuesday the 8th of November. If you're listening to this from the future, we hope things haven't gone full dystopia. (laughs) Uh, So you played it? Yes, I have. Oh, what do you think? Um, I thought it was very good and interesting. It was, uh, yeah, um, I mean, it's it, it's obviously setting out to show the potential pitfalls uh, that you might come across if you're voting in uh, particular areas. Um, and, you know, the struggles that some people have that other people don't have does that in a very straightforward way and obviously games make it more engaging because it puts you in the position of that person and you have to make certain choices so for example um the nurse in texas she um is in the queue and she's been in there for a little while and her son calls and he's got dysentery and he needs to be picked up from school and obviously if you leave you don't get to vote Mm. but if you don't leave your son thinks that you don't love him (laughs) so (laughs) sounds a bit uh a bit cart lifey yes it is so it's apparently it's a parody of the oregon trail which um I've never played. Big so. part of uh, US uh, growing up in the US, I think. Oh, is Oregon it? Trail, or was. I'm not sure about any more. Didn't mm. grow up in the US. This reminds me of um, reminds me of Cart Life. Reminds me yep. a bit of Papers, Please. Yep. Also reminds me there is there have been other election games in the past, haven't there? Yeah. Well, actually, we were talking about this before the show. We couldn't think of any games about this election any other games from this election i mean you, you think especially with a u.s election cycle like this one where it's essentially been a complete car crash mm. um it's been like jersey shore except we're aiming for the white house yeah <laughs> and and like that no one apart from bosses what which i thought was very good uh inside donald trump uh, DLC for a surgeon, which I thought was pretty good. Although they could have gone extra. Now I think about it, they could have gone extra step. And they could have done Clinton. You could have opened a chest to find a cache of emails or something. <laughs> they missed something there, I reckon. But yeah. there's been very few like games taking advantage of that chance to take the mick. Well, as you might expect, there is a 
bucket load on iOS and Android of very, very cheap cash in. Yeah, yeah uh, there are a few, of, aren't there? Sort of, you know, dump on Trump and that things sort like of that. thing. Yes. Um, I saw, I saw an interesting one, and I don't think this was specific to this election cycle, but I saw an interesting one about gerrymandering. I think this came up around about the last election cycle. So. Well, what is that? So gerrymandering is when you take uh, you take a district, yeah, and you realign the boundaries of the district yeah. to include the people you want in it and mm. exclude the people you don't, so that next time the vote comes around, you're more likely to get a- mm. elected. And the you know some of the uh, the boundaries, and I think that you know this is a thing in the UK as well. But some of the boundaries in the so. US are crazy Um, and someone made a nice sort of jigsaw puzzle uh, based on the gerrymandered districts in the US someone also did a a, a really nice pure puzzle about you know you've got here's your you can imagine your voters on a grid and you've got to draw a line around them to gerrymander uh, (laughs) yourself to victory which I thought was very very clever so yeah it's fertile ground for video games it's the type of thing that Molly Industry would normally put out something about but I haven't seen anything I'm not I'm I think one of those games that I've just talked about may well be him. Right. Um, I'm not I'm not certain. Um, it, it's not going to waste your time going to that site. Anyway, it's full of brilliant things. Yes. One thing I was going to say about this game, though, uh, I only glanced at it. Mm-hmm. Is it right to say that this has got a pixel art aesthetic? Yes, it does, Steve. Mm. So a lot of video games do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I made one this year. But it's... Uh, it's, it's, obviously, it's obviously very interesting that uh, is the New York Times yep. done an op-ed with yeah. a video game. Is that how they've built it? Yeah. Okay. That they've done it with a video game. Um, but it's, it is a little bit, I, and I see The Guardian doing things like this as well, I find it a little bit frustrating that they've taken the sort of video game cliche yeah. route for the art. And I get mm. why because it's cheap for a start and it's also it's an easy way in and it's a little bit joking it pastiches Oregon Trail as well yeah but as the first op-ed um it would be nice to make a kind of statement right and yeah. say video games are not necessarily what you think they are here is a you mm. know here is a thing uh, instead people are going to walk away going oh yeah that was nice little jokey video game mm. I mean it's a step right so do you think that people don't take things quite they don't take those kinds of games quite so seriously because of the presentation style yeah i think Mm. when they see them they go it's a video game and that's what i expect a video game to look like but the truth is they can look like cart life yeah they're portrayed as like a little time waster rather than something that can actually seriously make you think aren't they we need a joke to finish this um donald trump Steam is changing its policy on the images that can be used on a game's in-store page. Valve has clarified its stance, saying, We ask that any images you upload to the screenshot section of your store page should be screenshots that show your game. This means avoid u- avoiding using concept art, pre-rendered cinematic stills, or images that contain awards, marketing copy, or written product descriptions. Please show customers what your game is actually like to play. Valve even held up its own hands and highlighted what it had been doing wrong on its own store page for Dota 2, using artwork instead of in-game screenshots, proving that sometimes even Daddy can get it wrong. What do we think spurred this on? Well, there is the No Man's Sky. I think it's probably that, isn't it? It's probably the angry boys who are still mad about No Man's Sky. But was was that like misleading screenshots? Wasn't that about the PR that Sean Murray put out? It was about features that people thought were coming and then they perceived were not delivered rather than screenshots. Well, that is part of it. Um, But the truth is... You know, I've seen some very elegant defences of the things that Sean Murray said. And also, when you um, 
when you say something, it's kind of about interpretation, how that's interpreted by the fan base. And yeah, sure. say, well, I interpreted it in exactly the correct way and it didn't disappoint me or whatever. Mm. But the thing, the, the sort of concrete piece of evidence they keep coming back to is the No Man's Sky trailer, which shows an awful lot of things that are not in the worm. Uh, in the worm? In the game. Where's, did you just unveil the biggest secret of No Man's Sky? It actually all takes place inside a small worm on this planet I, Earth. I, I sort of got ahead of myself <laughs> because I was about to say the big thing in the trailer that they always come back to is these giant worms that sort of uh, big dune-style sandworms which right. you can't get in, in No Man's Sky. And there's some, you know, pretty cruel uh, No Man's Sky's trailer and, you know, the mm. real game sort of uh, things. But we've always been doing this, right? We've always had trailers. Isn't, yeah. always had... Isn't that what marketing's about? Right. <laughs> You're trying to make the game look as good as possible. Um, so I think this is um, may a little bit be spurred on by... Uh, apparently the Advertising Standards Authority are looking into that Steam page mm-hmm. because it's still using um, old artwork and uh, images from marketing when the game is now out and they could be using the original ones. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean, it's part of it, but then <laughs> those things have been prepared by marketing for a reason. Yeah. I guess mm. there's countless games doing the same. And where do you draw the line, right? What is, uh, you know, I've seen plenty of live action trailers or, you know, that the sort of cutscenes that have cutscenes from the game is that part of the game? I don't know um, I'm interested with so with a lot of uh, I'm sort of thinking out loud here a lot uh, so games that are in early access um, and going on Steam so they still will have to take screenshots from the early access part of their games to put on their store page and then I, I assume once things get updated they will have to change them is that I guess so. I mean, I mm. guess in theory they should be changing them anyway because yeah. you start in early access, your game looks like an early access game and theoretically by the end, you know, it looks great. But Maybe they should be changing them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Every single day. The president of Sony Interactive Entertainment America has spoken about what lessons they've learned from the release of No Man's Sky. Talking to Jeff Keighley on Live with YouTube Gaming, Sean Layden said, I think what we learned from this is that we don't want to stifle ambition, we don't want to stifle creativity, we don't want to put people into slots where they must execute against an action-adventure path or a fighting path or a shooting path. He went on to praise the game and its ambitions, saying the team are still working hard on it. So in your face, haters, Sony isn't about to put a pillow over these kinds of projects anytime. So I read this earlier in the week, Mm -hmm. and when I read that, that you know, here's what I've learned from this. Yeah, didn't sound like they've learned. And those (laughs) those are things. I agree, those are statements that you know that that make sense. But it didn't sound like they were there were lessons from No Man's Sky. Just good corporate behaviour. Here's, and I'm you know I don't think that. Uh, unless they are saying, you know, mere culpa, it was us. We tried to force No Man's Sky down a shooty shooty path, which I don't no. think is is the case. I mean, it, it may be. Is that what we should derive from this? Like it, I, I, it's hard to say. Like you said, it it feels like these are not lessons that they learn from that. They're just things that they continue to aspire to. That it's almost them saying, yeah, we we didn't. You know, we uh, nurtured this project and it's sort of come under a bit of fire, but we continue to uh, back these kinds of projects. We're still very happy with it. Um, And like, and it is a good thing. And it is a good thing for someone who is, you know, that big to come out and say that creativity in games is exciting. And actually something else that he was saying was 
Sort of as an explanation for some of the things uh, that have happened with No Man's Sky, he said video games are um, the medium that he has worked in where people are most likely to say, yes, I want to try that. Yes, I want to do that. And maybe they don't get it right the first time, but they still want to keep trying. And he's saying that the team is still trying to create their ult- what their ultimate vision is. But, you know, it takes a bit of time to get there. Mm. And... Video games, unlike film, you can continue updating them. Uh, Video games, unlike TV, are um, uh, an ever-growing medium that you can um, add to and you get engagement from other people and, you know, it's exciting. So Jeff Keighley... Yeah. was doing the interview here, right? Yeah. He's uh he was he was heavily involved in the No Man's Sky hype before oh, yeah. it went it came out and he's been heavily involved as well in the backlash, Ugh. I think. Uh being the sort of uh <laughs> also holding up his hands. He's, I've I've just googled a, a sort of interview where he says um Keely partially blames hype culture by this is from destructoid.com. Okay. Uh, maybe the platform we gave him to launch the game was too big and created this black hole he couldn't pull himself out of lol. says Keeley you know being black introspective hole, I don't know <laughs> I, I, I found all of this a little bit grubby um, I, I think that the video game press has to look at itself um, mm. for, <laughs> for for building No Man's Sky up to the point that it sounded like it was a whole universe simulator. And anybody, if you ask anyone inside video games, uh, they didn't have these expectations of No Man's Sky because they know how games are made and they know what they know roughly what to expect. And so many of those people are still playing it and still having a good time. Mm. It's the predominantly young, predominantly male um, people that people like Jeff Keighley was was selling this came mm. to uh who've now turned into this you know abusive army um which is ruining some people's lives and which i, is I a think sh- which is a shame because it sounds as though actually no i haven't played no man's sky yet but from what i've heard about it, it seems like a lot of people you know other than that group you just mentioned there it's it's the kind of game that might appeal to quite a wide range of people it's got a variety of things to do so they kind of lost some of that audience because they marketed so heavily to an audience that wasn't going to appreciate it um i finished no man's sky uh, yeah. this week and uh is it all the planets all of them, every single one that could possibly be made. No, there is a route that you can take and you come to an end Did and you... that is your ending. Came to the centre of the universe. Well, f- finished the first, the Atlas path and then did the to the centre of the universe one. Um, and um, Matt was the one that was playing it mostly and I would dip in and out with him. Um, and it's been really enjoyable and I've really, I feel like I've gone easier on my, with my criticisms of it because I don't want to be that I don't want to be one of those people that are like, it was supposed to be like this and it's not like this. I think it is a game that has problems and what, like, I think that there are very few games that I would come to without going, I found this a bit tricky or, you know, this, I, I wasn't so much into this. But it's been a great, great game allowed did us to you, fly around uh, the skies. Did you find the gnome? <laughs> what? Did you find the gnome? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the number of planets that are now called... Gnome and Sky, let me tell you. It looks like there's been a case of Lara Croft laptop raider. 
Details of the next Tomb Raider game have been uncovered after someone took a photo of a laptop over someone's shoulder on the subway, which sounds totally fine and not at all weird and inappropriate. Information that's been uncovered and checked with other sources are, it'll be called Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It'll be developed by Eidos Montreal and not regular studio, studio Crystal Dynamics. That's it. This would never have happened with Google Glass. Now, this... This So, the games industry is really, really friendly and pretty open with its secrets. It yeah. actually doesn't t- treat its secrets very secretly. I have found there are NDAs, which you sign, but a lot of the time, you know, you just tell your friends and they're not going to tell your secrets and you're not going to tell them. I think That's, it depends what company, because my, my experience has been a little more varied than that. <laughs> that, that may be the case, but yeah. I've, I've seen... I mean, I have lots of friends in lots and lots of places mm. and... We share the things that we're working on all the time. Um, however, uh, you know, I've always thought, you know, you have to be a bit careful when you're talking in public. Yeah. I have not seen that evidenced. And indeed, I once got um, a few hundred quid uh, for a freelance article where I pitched I would go and sit at the bar of a games conference <laughs> and just sit there and write down everything I heard at the bar. Um and it was a really, really strong pitch. And they paid for my drinks as well. Uh, but unfortunately, Simon joined me pretty early. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't write down much apart from the stuff that we were saying, and which was all funny. It was all gold, obviously. <laughs> of course. However, recently, I was on the train to uh, train back from Guildford. Um, mm. And uh, I, I ended up timing my journey quite badly. I was with the commute a lot. I ended up sat in, sitting opposite two people from EA um, who was saying all kinds of things, really? which would not would have been hard to interpret were I not someone who knew about video yeah. games and knew what was going on. But goodness me, if you were if you're a journalist now, that's my advice to you: is get on a train <laughs> between London, uh, between Waterloo and Guildford, the fast one, yeah, <laughs> and just do that route a few times over in the morning and you know in commuter o'clock. And also, ideally, get your publisher to pay for your drinks. And don't bring Simon along. No, no that's, why, that's why he's not invited this week. And finally, Creative Assembly, the developer responsible for the Total War franchise, is holding a game jam this weekend to honour Simon Franco, a senior programmer at the studio who passed away in 2014. The now annual event will see Creative Assembly staff creating their own games over 48 hours and raising money for Team Verico, a charity that funds treatment, diagnosis and support for families of those with hard-to-treat cancer. The whole thing will be live-streamed for 50 hours on Twitch with giveaways every half hour. Hooray, well done, and good luck to everyone taking part. That's awesome thing cool. to do. Um, do we know what came out of this last year, if this is the second year running? Oh, it's the third, third year, year running, apparently. Yes. Uh, no, I don't know what came out of it before, but... Do they publish the games anywhere? Uh, well, they are this year... Uh, I found out about this because a friend of the show, Christos Reed, was uh, asking on Facebook for people to go and... for Not people. Not people, games <laughs> journalists and game developers. They're not people. <laughs> they aren't people. Mutually uh, exclusive categories. To go and uh, <clears throat> judge it next Monday. So, uh, presumably there will be a winner, which everyone will be able to uh, look into. I judged a game jam the yeah. other week. Did you judge it harshly? The XX Plus oh, game yeah. jam. So I How went, was it? I, I rocked up and judged some women, which felt wrong for yeah, that, that. Steve. And in fact, it felt so so wrong. And there were only two teams in the sort of satellite that I was at mm-hmm. uh, that I didn't do any judging. Because <laughs> it felt wrong to go turn up and go, 
yep, you're the winner. And then and go, I'm off. Um, uh, both games were great. One of them was a Trump game, actually. Oh, was it? Yeah. Mm. And, uh, and the other one was a, a game about what it is like to be a woman walking home at night and mm. oh so it's a horror game <laughs> yeah basically uh, and it was topic. yeah they were both great and then you know I know they're gonna gonna take that, that the latter game yeah. on and do uh, do more with it which is brilliant I think these things are best um I think they, they they can work positively in two ways. First first off, you know, just throwing nice, cute ideas out. But also, they're great platforms, aren't they? Mm. For, you know, coming up with sort of slightly left-field ideas, often often to do with the theme of the jam or to do with the people you're working with. And, and just actually getting them done. I'm a great believer in making things rather than yeah. talking about making yeah. things. And this forces you. How long is the jam for? Uh, so it's 48 hours. The live stream will be for 50 hours. So I assume there'll be an hour either end, an hour warm up and an hour warm down. And is it possible for other people to participate or is it just creative assembly? It looks like it's just them, but, you know, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't rule anything out. Sit at home. Yeah. Make, make your own make game. Make your own. Just send it in. Uh, yeah, but it, I think it's going to be very exciting and I look forward to hearing how the games come out next Monday. Thanks, Anne. One life left video game news with Anne Uh, I wasn't going to say, but you know, you brought it up. So we've just we've just <laughs> uncovered a, a mystery. I don't know what that means. Uh, we'll come back to that. Um, so uh, <laughs> I don't know whether to how to explain it to the listeners. Turns out, turns out, turns out, Tom knows someone that you were chatting to uh, when we were in Sweden. But it wasn't just that it was someone that we were chatting to. No, it was someone, someone that, that you were concerned about your chat with. 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe they, how they had interpreted the chat that you yeah. had because you couldn't necessarily remember what chat you so had. So concerned that I had to put a sort of slightly oblique message on Twitter the next day saying, Ooh. and if you were someone who I might have talked to for 45 minutes <laughs> about something that I can't remember, really sorry. <laughs> really sorry. I I genuinely have no idea. And I was even scanning through photos the next day going, this one, this one, this one. No, none of them. Wow. I couldn't remember anything. Anyway, it went well. And it went so well that we ended up back at the hotel lobby and we're singing Marioki and Chris Avalone friended me on Facebook. You know, how could it have me, gone back? did he? No, because better oh. singer. Right, okay, let's move on. Uh, oh, sorry, let's not quite move on yet. No, that was yet, Cliffs uh, by Cassie. It's from chipmusic.org and it was excellent. And sorry for talking over the end of it yeah. because, you know, and also sorry for, for everything. Talking. <laughs> I, think, I think we're learning some lessons here, Steve. Some strong lessons. Anyway, Tom. Yes, hello. Now it's time for you to talk. I need to talk. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, this, so this is your second time on the show, and you're here to talk about... Uh, Adventurex. Adventurex, which is? So, um, so it is by day. I'm a, I'm a PhD student at Goldsmiths. Uh, incidentally, uh, I, I just wanted to say it's, um, it's a fully funded scholarship. So if you want to get paid to study video games and be, be a doctor of video games at the end of four years, then go to iggi.org.uk. They're taking applications. But when I'm not doing that, I am one of the co-organisers, along with another two people for Adventurex, the Narrative Gaming Convention. Interesting. And um, so... Where does that happen? So it's going to be at Goldsmiths. It's going to be uh, Saturday and Sunday, 19th and 20th of November um, at the Goldsmiths campus. Uh, we did it there last year. It went really, really well. But we changed quite a few things this year. We, um, we've invited a few more special guests. Well, we basically had a really fantastically successful Kickstarter. Um, we started the Kickstarter. Um, you know, we didn't ask for a huge amount. We've normally been a fairly small event. But... Um, we you know, we started the Kickstarter like a lot of people do. Are we actually going to get make our Kickstarter mm-hmm. target? Well, after forty eight hours, we'd blown through our target completely Brilliant. and ended up with uh, twice as much money as we had asked for. Um, still, like a small amount for an event, but still, um, that's been really good because it's enabled us to approach um, some bigger names. And we used to be very focused on point and click adventure games more because historically, like five six years ago, the event grew out of. Um, a sort of real life meeting of adventure game studio forum people, um, and it sort of came out of that. But it's since, yeah, you know, over the years, we've realized that a lot of these challenges uh, and problems that people have when writing narrative for games in interactive um, kind of narrative, they're kind of pretty much the same, or well, there's a lot of commonality, well, not pretty much the same, but there's a lot of commonality to be heard between the challenges that face visual novels and walking simulators and adventure games and etc. and interactive fiction. So, um, we broadened our remit to not just be about point and clicks, but about narrative games in general. So who are the big names that you've been able to draw in? So uh, Rihanna Pratchett is coming to do a fireside chat with us. And with then, a real fire? <laughs> uh, it will be a very big fire on the projectors, so no. Uh, I think see, fire, fire, health and safety. I'm waiting for everyone does this. Oh, yeah, yeah. we've got a video of a fire. fire, fire I want a chat. real fire. Yeah. Someone, like... I don't, maybe this is One Life Left's uh, event. Maybe we just go and make a really big fire and everyone has a fireside chat. I mean, that's my <laughs> that's pitch. That's not a threat. And if there is a fire there, it's nothing, it's nothing to, do, to with do with us. You should have done a special edition for Bonfire Night. Yeah. And you could have sat by been. that big fire. Yeah. 
all, all of us having fireside chats. We would have chats. given you something to do during the fireworks. Yeah, it would have, really, really. Uh, anyway, so uh, Rihanna's coming along. We're going to Charles, friend of the show, oh. as I understand C-Sess. it. Cesses. Indeed. The, the very same. He so gets Char- around, doesn't he? Does, he does, doesn't he? Well, Charles, Charles has been spoken at uh, our conference before because, of course, being you know, point-and-click yeah. adventures, he obviously had... Yeah, a big interest in seeing that event happen. So, um, so we're very glad to have him back. Alexis Kennedy. What's on, oh, sorry, just rewind. What's, mm. what's on Charles's rider? What's on his rider? Yeah, what does he demand? Nothing. He is a true gent. <laughs> he brings it oh, with interesting. him. He's probably got a suitcase yeah. full of gin. <laughs> that would be great. Um, but uh, he's, 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 a, he's a gentleman and uh, he's, there's no rider. But uh, yeah, Alexis Kennedy <laughs> yeah. is coming to speak to us as well. Um, Dave Gilbert, who some people may not have heard of, but he's, well, he, he's been very successful with him the Blackwell series of games. Um, he's uh, from Wadget Eye Games, yeah. who published a lot of things. So Primordia, um, Gemini Rue, he published Resonance, um, but also develops his own stuff as well. Um, Richard Cobbett, who's a journalist turned games writer. Uh, John Walker. RPS. R. Cobbs, J. Walks. That's right. Good. So they're, they're coming. Um, Ellie Gibson from E. Gibbs. Uh, heard of her. Friend yeah. of the show. Yes, indeed. Um, Emily Short, Queen of IF, oh, Interactive yeah. Fiction. So she's coming to had talk. Emily on I don't the think we show, have. but we no, should we have should. Had she'd do. on the show. She'd do. She's great. She should, yeah. She's a very interesting uh, lady. If you could sort that out for us, then. <laughs> I'll, I'll put in a word for you. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. And then we've also got entertainment from Jolly Roger, who are a, um, a sort of comedy folk pirate duo that sing songs about video games. Uh, sorry? Not competition. Well, it sounds like it. It's their own songs. Ours oh, okay. <clears throat> well, I mean, we do, do they write no, the you, music? You, you make them your own. That's, that's true. true. But, that but, true. but, but you're, you're inspired we by do. other yeah, people, whereas they are writing their own from the ground up. Right, yeah. okay, so they're second tier. So, they're, so they're indie. Yeah, <laughs> indie, whereas we're Definitely pop. indie yeah. to, yeah. The, to, to the AAA uh, yeah. production of Marioki, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, John Robertson uh, with The Dark Room, which is uh, a fairly well-known YouTube, um, it's basically an online live uh, role-playing game. And um, uh, I haven't had a chance to play it too much yet, but my friends tell me it consists of him uh, shouting and laughing at you because you're dead because you die a lot oh. in this game. But he he's a comedian and he actually has a live show for this, for The Dark Room. So he's bringing that for the Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm going to do that in the lecture theatre and that would be pretty cool. That's exciting. So you're running over two days. Yep. Uh, do you know how many people you've got coming yet? Not entirely, uh, because we ran a Kickstarter. So we keep it. We ran a Kickstarter, and we don't have any tickets because it's always been a free event. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been you know, run by fans for the fans, and we don't really want to charge anything on the door because we want to make sure that everybody can come. And like, there's no um, inhibition. If people can't decide until the last minute, they can still come. And if people are really tight for money, they can still come. So we haven't sold any tickets. We're probably expecting about two hundred people. I reckon that's great. Wow. So um, we we had. Last year, we um, we had a few issues trying to nail down a venue and yeah. announced it late and a few other issues. And we have a lot of people come from overseas, actually. Yeah. And um, I mean, I mean, and really, the reason why the Kickstarter is so successful is because we have an absolutely amazing community, a mm. uh, real diehard, amazing community behind us um, who've been coming to Adventure X for these like five years. And um, so that was just really fantastic to see. And um, some interest, interesting names that backed us. Brian Moriarty backed us we, on uh, Kickstarter, which was quite nice. We've had him on the radio He's show. On the radio do, you show. Know what? do you know why he was on the radio show? Because he was here? Uh, no, because he was. He, this was at GDC. Oh, right, okay. Because Simon, Simon just liked the idea of having the games industry's Moriarty on the show. Right. He was an exceptional he guest. He was a brilliant guest. Very, very good. Yeah. So that's exciting. So... 
you know, narrative games are very uh, are, are growing. Yeah. And obviously, as you said, your your remit for what you're including is growing. So, do you expect to see this event growing as uh, narrative games grows? Do you hope that it will? I think, yeah. I mean. Like so, we we changed a lot for this year. Um, so we've kind of rebranded and sort of uh, done a lot more in terms of promotion and marketing this year. Um, we did a Kickstarter where we haven't done the Kickstarter. We sort of done private asking, um, approaching companies individually, quiet sponsorship before. Um, and this is the first time we've done the big public exercise of Kickstarting, and we had a sponsorship tier still and all the rest of it. But um, we'll see how this year. I think basically we'll see how this year goes <laughs> <laughs> um, because it has been quite different. Yeah. Um, and then we'll see where we go the only problem is that the venue that we have at the moment and the way it all hooks up is really really nice and yeah. uh, if you grow then too much then you, you have, have to change. find a new venue and that's <laughs> yeah space in london is difficult, difficult uh, at the best definitely. of times if you're trying to run some a not-for-profit event you go outside set up a nice bonfire do that for free in a park you know, only the mild risk of maybe a fine or police activity but you know but we would be able to do a genuine fireside, fireside chat. chat. And that's what everyone's <laughs> after. Um, so you are, uh, obviously you've been booking all of these guests. You, I assume you know a lot about narrative and narrative in games. Do you, mm-hmm. do you see where it's going? Do you see into the future do you know anything we don't know know yet i'm not sure if i can give a one life left exclusive do yes, it you can um but uh, it, it certainly seems that i think a lot i mean personally i think a lot of people who previously would have been put off um of getting into video games because of kind of because of being very mechanics heavy um as i think narrative gaming has always been there but it's more it'd be, probably be more accurate so there's more of an awareness of those games being out there so i think the games that are already there are getting a bigger market. I mean, from my point of view, the point-and-click adventures, they're what I grew up with in my mm. youth, so I didn't actually grow up with Sega or Nintendo and playing Link or Sonic, etc. I grew up playing Monkey Island and things like that. So for me, it's a slight nostalgia exercise, but I also think that was a genre of games that declined well before it had fulfilled its potential. So to see the resurgence is really good. But then yeah. you see all this great stuff going on with visual novels and interactive fiction. And I'm, I personally am a big fan of walking simulators or first-person experiences, you know, or whatever term you want to bang on it. But Going we, around games. Going around games, that's yeah. right. <laughs> I'm a big fan of those. And um, I think there's so much about that stuff that we don't really understand yet. We're still playing with it and still toying with it and trying to work out what does and what doesn't work. And yeah. there's a lot of sort of understanding needs to be explicated yet as it were about that stuff i think it's really exciting times um yeah. for narrative gaming because people are looking not just looking at how you can make things more complex but how you can simplify things and pare things down and what can you take away like dear esther was that exercise wasn't it what can yeah. you take away from a game and yet kind of still have a narrative experience so where can people follow you and follow adventure x so you follow adventure x uh, on twitter it's at advxconf um for the website it, with, and the schedule went live uh, yesterday uh, last night so schedule and, and all the bios all the speakers is there you can find out everything the exhibit is there it's adventurexpo.org okay we'll see you there hello I'm Sega Badawi and welcome to One Life Left local news Two teams in the Sensible Soccer Tournament are proposing to display a badge on their shirts, despite the organisers explicitly ruling against them wearing it. The issue arose when England and Scotland wanted to show some puppies on their kits to promote the millions of neglected Nintendogs on handheld consoles 
worldwide. Apparently, they were told that they couldn't have political items on their shirts after a previous incident involving a cover of Amiga Power. A spokesman for the England team said that they were upset about the ruling and because of the small size of the players, it would be really difficult to see the badge anyway as it would only take up one pixel. Thanks and back to your usual programming. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Steve Curran and I wasn't ready for that to end. No, you weren't. But I will be. <laughs> uh, we're about to do the letters, aren't we? Do you have the letters on your phone because Byron isn't here? Uh, well, to be honest, Byron isn't here, so we don't have that many letters. We do. We have a couple. We We've had got... one during the week. We yeah, have a couple got... today. All right. People have been good. Before right. or after begging? No begging. No begging. Because Simon's we don't, not here. We don't beg anymore. Uh, people either send us letters or we just sit here in silence yep. for 10 minutes listening yep. to this. Alright, I've got one from uh, old faithful Robert Wells. Hello team, hello SSG. This week I received my copy of the new book from Read Only Memories. It's been so long since I kickstarted the Bitmap Brothers universe but it's been worth the wait. I've yet to read it, but skimming through the pages, I can see the fruits of their quest to render the graphics as if from uh, an old cathode ray tube. It's beautiful and immediately took me back to sitting in my bedroom playing when I should have been doing homework. <laughs> what has prompted your Madeline moments? Madeline, 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 Madeline moments. Pip, pip, Robert. What does that mean? I don't know. That is a... Um... It's a Proust reference, I think. Of course. Good yeah. job we got come someone on. in education here. <laughs> yeah. Well, when Simon's not here, we obviously have to upgrade, uh, well, get, so get a PhD going. in. Listen, just tell us anything. Fond memories of the past is what it is. Oh, okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, fond memories of the past. Oh, yeah. I saw that a game that, uh, I think I've talked about it before, that I put on my phone ages ago because uh, I used to play it with my brother uh, it's due an update and I haven't played it in ages and it's called Repton and every time oh, I think yeah. about yeah Repton was re- um, that's good yeah. yeah I think about playing well I think probably about watching my brother play and occasionally like grabbing the controller and having uh, or whatever I used to play it with uh, having a go on that and that brings back very fond memories of the past and I'm really glad it has uh, been ported or whatever to iOS that's mine Hmm, uh, for me, it's always getting a glimpse of Elite and thinking, <laughs> thinking, uh, no, man's Di- no Man's Sky style, what is Elite going to be like? And I haven't been able to play it because no shooting this year, uh, but I'm so excited about January the 1st and I imagine I will be spending that day partying like it's 1984. Good. Uh, do you have one, Tom? <laughs> Um, so I've, I've been recently getting back into sort of old school uh, arcade games. I have a sort of like uh, minor interest in building my own arcade sticks, and so um, I've, uh, I've been playing, getting into sort of uh, some some of the old school shmups, uh, vertical shooter types. So I'm going to leave that because I'm going to talk about it a little bit in the review section. But um, I suppose the one game I was talking about with one of uh, my colleagues where it was Bomb Jack, which was a 1984 uh. Uh, arcade game, platform game. It's a little man, you jump around. And I remember spending many, many, many hours playing that on my Spectrum Plus 2 when I was about seven years old. 
Brilliant game. Mm, it was. It still is. Stands, stands up well, Memories. I think. Next letter. All right. Uh, this will be an interesting one. Here, I'm reaching out as I noticed you've been backing quite a few projects related to publishing and education projects on Kickstarter. That's in bold. <laughs> this was spam. Uh, well, I was going to ask at the end, would you mind me sending uh, more information and our Kickstarter link? Uh, look forward to reading you. Cheers from Kevin. Why Kevin, not? Not? do, do a, send a that more over. more informations. Yeah, if you're, um, if you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening. Do, do send that over and we will be sure to read out your informations. Uh, Have you got one? No, I don't because I'm drawing a picture of oh, you. Oh, for goodness sake. Fine, it's... <laughs> All me, all letters, yeah. all the time. Hi team, congrats on episode 300 last week. Here's to several hundred more. However, due to impending election Armageddon, our time is very short, so I will be brief. If this was your last show on Earth, and bearing in mind that it just might be, who would be your? Who would you most want to be your very final SSG? Goodbye and thanks for all the Phil Fish from Jamie. Interesting. Very, Ooh, very good, good at Perhaps it has to finish where it all began with Simon. Yes, <laughs> yes. Simon was our first, our last, our everything. everything. So, guess it has to be Simon. Yeah. yeah, but you know, dream big. Well, I think we dreamed as big as we possibly could with you, Tom. Yeah, it gets better every week, yes. doesn't it? it? Gets better every week. Uh, yeah. Is there? Any, but is there anyone you? Is there? Do you have a dream guest that you know? Given anyone you could talk to, get basically you're locking someone in the studio so you can chat to them for an hour. Mm. Who would you have? Well, I was that, on that, that, d- that dude from Door Fortress for you. Uh, uh, w- w- uh, Tarn, we 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 actually met. Uh, you met on the he G- was on, GDC, weren't yeah, you? he was yeah. on the GDC podcast, yeah. so he's been but done. a whole hour though. In the a, a whole hour of Steve sitting there going, but I just think that your game is really great. We had, uh, <laughs> is that how I speak? Exactly how you yeah, speak. I have no idea. You know, um, yeah. Dan Cook was on, I had uh, I did Roguelike Radio with him uh, a couple of months ago and that was brilliant. That was he, an hour of going on. We never had the, we've never had the guys from Housemark on and I, on the radio, freaked out over them really? when I met them oh, because did? I love Resogun so much. That is true, um, you did do that. I did freak out. Um, it was yeah. So I'd like to maybe have them on to chat a bit. Who else do we like? <laughs> Hard think, to say, isn't it? I think maybe that maybe the best thing we can do is have your colleague on yeah. and just have me apologise. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did I say? Partisan gears of war, and then a, something along the lines yeah. of to, yeah. to hell with you and your partisan <laughs> gaming. Very good interpretation. That does sound like me. Yeah. Um, that was radio friendly, wasn't it? It was very radio it was. friendly. There you go. Um, and that's all the letters I could find because you can't apparently look anything up. Um, uh, no, sorry. If you've got any letters uh, for One Life Left, uh, please email us. Team at onelifeleft.com. Hey, guess what? Rob Beer, who's been doing his yeah. confession series for us, like has this. got one final confession. I'm Rob Beer, and this is Confessions of a Part-Time Gamer. I'm no good at chess. I know the rules. I understand the discipline required in becoming a good player. I even know quite a bit about the history of the game. But I'm no good at it. None of my plans ever work, and I'm forever making sloppy mistakes that mean I'm left with nothing but pawns and a bishop within minutes of starting. That's why I love the XCOM games, specifically the turn-based strategy game Enemy Unknown. I played through it recently on my iPad, and the whole time I felt this cerebral buzz, like I was a mastermind pulling off a tactical miracle every time I completed a mission. Unlike when I play chess, 
I was able to predict what was going to happen and could plan multiple moves ahead, deftly executing complex manoeuvres whilst juggling the risks and benefits involved in each decision. This is surely what chess masters feel like, gods amongst mortals. Except the whole thing is a carefully constructed illusion. XCOM is a computer game, and as such has been designed to be beaten. The rules and parameters are set to keep me on a finely tuned challenge curve, not to create a balance between myself and a genuine adversary. The real competition here is between the game designers and my incompetence. I can picture my face on a PowerPoint slide titled How do we make chumps like this feel like a hero? Probably with the word easy mode squiggled underneath it. I can live with that though. I'll take the illusion of intelligence over being pounded at chess on repeat. Besides, it's nice to move beyond monochrome. That's right, chess. We have colour now. Sort it out. Thank you so much, Rob. Your feature has been brilliant, and I'm sure you'll be back in some guys. Somehow, some way. Some way. Some way. Don't know. Hope so. Uh, brilliant. We are One Life Left for a video game radio show. We've only got about 10 minutes left, and we've got to do the reviews. Good lord. Marioki. Hello. Uh, Marioki updates. So we have uh, the next Marioki is going to be on the 18th, 18th of November. Sounds about right. And then Christmas Marioki on the 16th of December. December. Tickets should be on sale this week. They'll yeah. probably be on sale by the time you get the podcast. So uh, check our Facebook or our Twitter and we'll probably be... We have got a lineup. Hawking them. Uh, lineup. Uh, traditional. We've got uh, Parco and Stuart. Doing uh, Father Keith. Doing their Father Father Christmas and the Elf bit. Uh, we'll have Marioki, obviously, with a carol concert kicking off the night at 7 o'clock. And we will have a very, very special DJ friend until 2 a.m., which is very, very exciting. So, yes, please, 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 please come along to that. It's always uh, the best event of the year. It's the best Christmas party. Because it's the last one that we remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and it'll be super, super fun. I've written ten songs for the yeah, next Mario Yeah, you've been Oki. on a bit of a... Ten ooh, songs. On a bit inspiration of a struck. I know. Spree. I know, it's been absolutely incredible. Right, shall we get on with the reviews or shall we have a bit of music? Let's... Let's just crack on with the review, Steve. Crack on. Let's just crack on. Reviews. Okay, what have you been playing, Anne? Well, now, uh, obviously, uh, finished No Man's Sky. Um, the uh, end was... How would you end that game? I mean, uh, it was exactly what... It was both disappointing and exactly what I expected it to be, and also quite good. According to the internet, the answer to how do you end that game is in in, in any way but the way that they chose to end oh, it. But uh, yeah, that's no, it was the artist's prerogative, right? Yeah. You, you don't get to argue with that. And it was yes, it has been a very good experience and enjoyable, and I continue to give that game seven out of ten. And the other thing I've been playing this week, which I actually played through all in one sitting, uh, was Gone Home. Which I first, I played a bit of um, or when it was out on PC and I just, I'm thinking back to it and I just don't think I got on with the controls very well. Um, and I I think I found it a bit claustrophobic playing it on my laptop and having it on um, a projector, uh, playing it on PS4 was brilliant really good so much easier to move around everywhere so much easier to uh flip to the map um to um pick things up and throw them across the room which is always fun <laughs> um you know to have a little look at things um 
Really, really enjoyed the game. Finally got the whole story. And it's, it is a great... Uh, it's a great narrative. It uses like a bit of a um, red herring thing in there, which. All right, spoilers. Yeah, well, you know. If you haven't played it by now, when are you going to yeah, play exactly it? Well, right. clearly this week. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> I think a little, I think a little while ago it was uh, in the PSN uh, free ones that you it get in the PlayStation Plus. Yeah, monthly, wasn't it? that yeah. is exactly what it was. Um, and yeah, really, really good storytelling. Um, very. Uh, like I think a really well told uh, it feels like that story had a lot of care and love put into it and mm. the way that it was told and the way that it unfolded um, talking about it afterwards I was a, a bit like their house is a bit messy though isn't it <laughs> because they they aren't supposed to have lived there for super long but they've got papers and they just leave notes everywhere so obviously you go around and you find out a lot of the stories about you're, the characters in it throwing things across the room you're not helping right i know <laughs> i'm not helping but it wasn't exactly tidy to to right. start off with yeah, it, was, it wasn't me um, so yeah you find out a lot of stories about um, other characters like the mum and the dad character and you do you find really really interesting stuff out about them and it does build so for me it built a, a brilliant 3D picture of this family and where they were at um, and um, yeah the, the house was just really messy who leaves that many notes around and who leaves that many like compromising notes around if you know what I mean mm. um, there's some stuff in there where I'm like anyone could have picked that up um, and you did. And I did. And then you threw it across the room. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really liked it. And I felt like it it, um, it led me in the right directions. The pacing of it was really, really good. I never, there was never a point, I, I got to points where I was like, oh, after I go and look at this bit, I don't know where I'm going to go next. And obviously that was a bit where I found an, another key or something. Um, so I think the pacing of it was really good, uh, really interesting. Very much enjoyed it. I want to live in a house that's that big. Let's move to America. <laughs> um, yeah, let's move to America. Seven out of ten. All right. So I've been playing a few things. I kind of got back into Fallout 4 a little bit. Uh, it's, it's. I don't know, I haven't quite finished with it. It seems to have too much to do. I don't think I'm going to finish it. I fancy going back to it, but kind of too much to be that focused. But it still looks pretty, seven out of ten. Um, been playing the Cat Lady. Uh, and really joined that. Now this is a really um, fairly nasty uh, point, sort of uh, adventure game. Sort of point and click, but it's actually controlled with um, keys uh, and a spacebar. But um, yeah, some really quite heavy themes of depression and suicide and things like that, and some fairly nasty horror things going on. But told in quite an interesting way. Okay. So uh, we really enjoyed. It. It's got a very nice kind of distinctive what art. What format style. is this on? That's on PC. And where can people find it? Uh, that would oh, they're called Harvester Games. Um, Cat Lady is is published by Screen Seven Games, developed by uh, yeah Harvester Games. It's on Steam. Yeah, or, yeah, That's yeah. Steam. Okay. Sorry, uh, sorry, I kind of missed the point of the question. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, so All the Cat Lady on Steam, um, and then but the game I've been playing a little bit more was Mishimi Summer, which is an old school like cave. 2D vertical shooter but this was the one that didn't involve like big mechs and chips and lasers etc this is one that had butterflies and stag beetles and insects and things like that and it's just like really nice so the thing about all those shmups it's kind of very hypnotic um, to kind of get lost in those kind of bullet hill um, bullets as it were and uh, even though you die all the time there is that kind of 
you get that nice kind of flow feeling because you're really trying to survive and you just kind of get right into the zone. That's why I find those games easier than a lot of other things. So are you but killing looks... the butterflies or are you... Yeah, well, to be fair, they're trying to kill you, so it's, so, it's so a it's good fair. idea. So it's fair game. It's, it's fair game. They're like beasts gone bananas. I mean, it's still a it's still a bullet hell shooter, right? <laughs> but it's got these very nice kind yeah, of greens. Different setting. Yeah, greens and yellows and whites rather than silver, greys and browns and what have you. And it's really nice. And uh, cool. yeah, I've been really enjoying that. That is on Steam. Excellent. Um, uh, score? Uh, I, I would give it a 7 out of 10 because oh, it's okay. just, it's very hard. I have been playing Meadow. Did I talk about this before? I don't think so. I don't think I talked about this I before. I don't think so. Uh, so, Meadow is, I feel like I might have done. It does sound like the kind of thing, the kind of name of game you would talk about. I'm worried. Is this an itchier game that you walk through a forest? No, it's a Steam game where you walk through a forest. I mean, okay. you walk... Does, does it sound like you. So it's, uh, it's made by uh, the guys who made Shelter and Shelter 2, whose name I've momentarily forgotten, but we'll find out while I'm talking about it. It is a MMO where you get to play a cute woodland animal. Um, <laughs> and you walk around. It's very much in the vein of that Tale of Tales game of yeah. about 10 years ago, which I believe they're kickstarting again now, uh, or indie funding. It's um, called Endless Forest. That uh, yeah, so you wander across the the this beautiful patchwork world, and you know the same as uh, shelter, and you find other people, and you sort of hop up and down, and they hop up and down too, and you know they're not people, they're you know maybe they're a frog, or maybe they're a, a, a badger, or maybe they're a deer, and then one of them goes, let's go over here, but they can't say that; they can only communicate in emoji, so they they'll use the sort of in game emoji that says let's yeah. go on an adventure and then suddenly you have like a, a a horde of like deer and foxes and rabbits all chasing after each other to get to this part of the map if there's enough of you in the right place you can unlock other parts of the map uh, I had a magnificent journey through a, a beautiful crystal cavern um, and there's no purpose beyond this sort of arbitrary collecting little flowers which gives you unlocks more animals for you but it's just so compelling and so beautiful and magical and I, I, the thing that captured my attention for it was that it built itself as a fable uh, creator mm. um, and I was like that sounds interesting and it manages it by not forcing actual fables on you by not saying oh you know you're a fox how are you going to cross this river or oh, maybe <laughs> yeah. find another animal to because there's so little structure to the game, you end up creating your own fairy tales just by accident, just by the adventures you have with these people. The only thing, the only thing that spoils it is I found that there's a key uh, you can press to see every other player's Steam nickname. No! <laughs> it's just like that bit at the end of Journey. <laughs> and yeah, exa it's exactly like that because I, was, I had this magnificent adventure through this crystal cavern with this this fox uh, and you know gambling through these things looking down at this beautiful beautiful water and, and swimming and oh, it was just wonderful and at the end I just I held down alt gr to see what the other person's name was and their name was I can't say it on radio but their name was effed up potato which right. which which just sort of like maybe that's part of the fable I don't I don't know uh, Create yeah, your own fable. It's Steve. wonderful. Don't, don't judge a book by its cover, Steve. It's wonderful, and it was two quid. Uh, Lovely. Seven out of ten. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, that's one life left. Um, I just need to apologise to. <laughs> really? Do you want me to put the apologies music? No, in? it's fine. Okay. 
or, or you can if you want, uh, to John Maxwell, who emailed in on the 3rd of November uh, and whose letter I only just found because I only just did the proper search. Uh, oh. So should we read that out next week? Yes. Yeah. Thanks, we're going to read John. you out. We're going to have you as a hangover letter for next week. So. <laughs> a cliffhanger. So thank you. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a teaser it's for a next week's yeah. show. Next week's uh, show where Simon's going to return, isn't he? Is he? I think so. Are we welcoming him back? Well, what are you... With open arms. Were you thinking this is an opportunity? Well, no, to... I'm now... Ever since we've said, you know, who would be our dream last guest, I'm a, I'm a bit nervous about having Simon back. Maybe that means it's the end. It's never the end. <laughs> it's never the end. <laughs> you can't get rid of us. do this <laughs> forever. Um, well, we've got about a minute to go. Thank you so much for coming on the show. That's all right. Tell us, uh, repeat the information about Adventure X so that our listeners can show up. Yeah, sure. So Adventure X narrative gaming conventions happening at Goldsmiths uh, University, 19th and 20th of this month. So it's in about two weeks' time. Um, and you can find details on adventurexpo.org uh, and Twitter, advxconf. Can we come? Yep, it's free entry to all. So anyone to, to can all, come. To all, to, to us. Can we come? Probably charge yes. us. Because often, you know, the show ends. <laughs> people are like, yeah, can you not come to my event? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad it seems to have it seems to have gone quite well. Yeah. Surprisingly. Surprisingly, yeah. Uh, Anne, what are you up to this week? This week, uh, do you know what? Oh, do you know what is exciting? What? Uh, I'm going to have my photograph taken because I'm getting married at some point. Really? Yeah. It's Congratulations. Be great. Yeah. Actually, uh, Resonance asked us to get our photos taken, didn't they? Do you want to come along? So maybe we should. Yeah. We should all get you a little just drop in yeah. and just, just not tell you. Where what, are you doing why, that? Why, why do you have to get your photo done to prove that you want to get married? Uh, it, it's a complicated story, so uh, which we'll talk about next, next week. week. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. And thanks for listening. We'll see, see you, you all bye. next week. Bye. <laughs>